Now tuning in to Earbud Media, audio for everyone. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Cabin the Woods, where we watch a horror movie and pair it with a wine. I am Rachel. And I'm Jenny. And uh, let's get into it. It is currently early February. And it is so cold. It's very cold. It's supposed to be in the negatives all this week, like negative 20. Yeah, I think we have a wind chill of negative 30 today is the alert that I got this morning insane so that's fun i'm sitting in my cool drafty apartment feeling great (laughs) (laughs) i am sitting underneath my heating blanket because i needed like an extra i was too cold oh yeah i'm wearing fuzzy socks and i got the thick blanket we're we're all and we're about to drink some wine that'll warm us up from the inside totally and big news so you have your fuzzy socks but what's keeping my feet warm right now is my new cat skimble shanks yes skimby skimby he's sitting on my feet currently um and his full name so his full name is richard skimble shanks fernandez the seventh and he just has a plethora of nicknames Um, including but not limited to Richard, Richie, Skimbleshanks, Skimby, Skimbledy Wimbledy is a big one, like Skimbles, Shank, Chard, (laughs) Kimball. Chard. It's the second part of Richard, so it like all works together. (laughs) I I immediately thought that you did that because you like vegetables. It's a little bit of both. (laughs) One of my friends calls him Little Richie Skims, and he just has a million different names, but the most important thing is that he is the railway cat, and he's the cat of the railway train. Yes. Oh my gosh. For the people, what does he look like? So Skimby has eyes of blue that could (laughs) pierce through your fucking soul. His eyes are just gorgeous. And he has, like, gray fur. He's a short hair. So, yeah, like, not not super fluffy, but very agile. And he has, like, gray fur with stripes. And he has, like, stripes around his eyes and beautiful stripes on his tail. And there will definitely be pictures yes. on the Instagram for you so to look cute. at. I love him. <laughs> yes, he is a very, very pretty boy. He is a very pretty boy. Yes. yes. And a new addition to the to the podcast crew. Yes. So exciting. Josie is nowhere to be seen today. I, I picked her up earlier and she wasn't done sleeping apparently, so she's mad at me. I don't know where she is right now. She's always with us in spirit though. Yeah, she's somewhere in this apartment. Probably <laughs> under my bed or in a closet. So before we get into start talking about the movie, what have you been watching lately? All right. So since it's like negative degrees out and it's supposed to be like this all week. And also since we're still in the middle of a pandemic and the house is the only place that I am at ever. My project for the next like week or so is watching every single Anne Hathaway movie. So like... I've been watching a lot of Anne Hathaway movies. You're doing the Lord's work. 
Thank you. Honestly, Anne is doing the Lord's work. I think she doesn't like going by Anne. Yes. Okay, so (laughs) on CNN.com, Hello Magazine, other USA Today, she does not like to be called Anne. She prefers to be called Annie. So retracting and saying, I'm watching every Annie Hathaway movie. Her movies are just perfect. So uh, I've gotten through some of my favorites and the ones that I've gotten through so far highlights have been both Princess Diaries and Ella Enchanted. Oh, and also The Cat Returns. She was in a Studio Ghibli movie called The Cat Returns, and that one was very fun. That sounds cute. I'll have to watch that one. I didn't know about that one. Yeah, that's a good one. It's um, voice acting, so it's like a cartoon and not one that was like on my radar, but I'm really glad that I'm watching it now. The weirdest one I've watched at this point, I think like six of her movies. Wow. And I'm going in reverse chronological order. Okay. And she was in one of her first movies is like fully a Mormon propaganda movie. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the, (laughs) is she even Mormon? Like she's, uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) like she wasn't, (laughs) it's not like Um, this was something she like believed in. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. But like, yeah, this whole movie, it was called the other side of heaven. And it was, about just like a missionary who goes to like a quote unquote exotic Tongan island and of course learns about his own faith and you know studies the culture and the people all while he's trying to get them to join the Church of Latter day Saints. Oh my and goodness. yeah, and like Anne Hathaway, bless her Annie Hathaway, bless her heart, is like his betrothed and like the the person that he loves who's like back at home waiting for him and they like write letters to each other and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah that one was like actually hard to sit through so someone in the village like tries to flirt with him and he's like no we have to be married or like he like teaches her about marriage and she's like am I not pretty enough or like he rejects her um because he has Annie Hathaway at home Mm -hmm. and she's like but am I not pretty enough and blah 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 and he's like no you have to be married and like it's just so weird it was it was so hard to sit through (laughs) it would not recommend that movie oh my god i yeah kudos to you for watching it (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it was very it was very passive i I feel like i was scrolling through twitter the whole time (laughs) oh yeah one of those (laughs) but anyway what have you been watching jenny let's see quite a lot the top two i've been watching a lot of tv lately mostly america's next top model and search party I love America's Next Top Model. Which seasons? I've just finished 20, and I'm almost done with 21, and I'm also watching 19. There's only, like, two seasons on Netflix, which is what I started with, and then I found out that Hulu has all of it. Wow. So I just have so much to watch. (laughs) But I did watch some as a child. So this is... I'm, I'm not sure what seasons I've seen, though. Just kind of, like, a bit of everything, I guess. I used to just watch whatever was um, 
I think it was Bravo or Oxygen used to do like marathons of it. Yeah, every Saturday. Yeah, and I would just watch them. I used to call when I didn't have any plans for the weekend when I was in like junior high. Yes. I would watch those marathons and call them Supermodel Saturdays. Oh my God, I love that. Are the seasons that you're watching like newer or older? Newer. They're not like super new. I think pre-2015. Oh, wow. Like they're mostly, I'm pretty sure I watched, if I remember correctly, season 20 was like 2013 or 14. That was the first season that they involved boys. Mm. So they start with like 10 guys, 10 girls. And it's it's a very like bad show. And it they say some, <laughs> there's like problematic shit like everywhere all the time. And Mm -hmm. it is, like, so heightened when they're talking about gender stuff. But it's also, like, so funny. You're making me want to go back. It is. Honestly, (laughs) I've been enjoying it because it's so funny. And the drama is so staged and hilarious. It's just really something. And Tyra Banks is just, like, the weirdest and best person. And I love her. So I've just been, like, thoroughly enjoying it. Oh, that's so fun. What was the other show that you mentioned? Uh, Search Party. How's that? Oh my fucking god. Everyone needs to watch it. It's very hard to capture like the whole show cuz it's it's there's four seasons. Fourth season just ended and each season is kind of a different genre. But it's all the same characters and the same story continuing. Where is it streaming? Uh, it's on HBO. There's not that many episodes. They're not too long. I watched it all very quickly. I'm trying to think of like how to briefly sum it up because it's so weird. The very like basic storyline is that there's this girl named Dory. She's living in New York. She's a young 20-something. And one day she sees a missing, a missing poster for a girl she like vaguely knew in college. And she kind of, like, latches on to it and is like, we have to find her. And then she gets all of her friends involved. Um, But the thing is, all of the friends, and Dory, too, don't really care about this girl they're looking for. Hmm. So it's, like, a very weird situation they get into. And then, like, things just get out of control and, like, weird as things go on. And crimes are committed. But genre-wise, it's, like, a dark, satirical comedy. Interesting. So you said it's four seasons? Yes. So do they find this person by the end of season one? Or is it... Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Do they look for new people each season? (laughs) I can't say anything about the following seasons. Fair enough, fair enough. Without ruining it. Okay. Because... There's like there's big events that happen toward the end of season one that completely change the course of like what the rest of the show is. It's one of those that's best to just watch it. It's very cringe comedy. Okay. <laughs> which can be hard to watch at first. But other shows like The Office is also cringe comedy. Yeah. And so is Parks and Rec. A lot of like classic sitcoms do it in like smaller doses. But all of the people in the show are kind of awful because they're all like 20 somethings that are really obsessed with themselves <laughs> and they're like so annoying about it but it's hilarious it really surprised me but now it's like probably one of my favorite shows oh i just looked it up it has that person from uh from arrested development yes alia shawkat is 
in it and she's fucking amazing her performance like comedically and dramatically is amazing and then john early is in it and i'm obsessed with him uh i think he's like comedic genius great Um, and it's just written by there's it's just like made by a lot of gay people amazing (laughs) and season four is like what i want tv to be like it's like absurd weird funny surreal and it's true crime yeah no that sounds all up your alley yeah it's very good so if any of those things sound appealing to you watch it but yeah i feel like some people will hate it though it's i think it's a love it or hate it one gotcha but but it's it's very very good in my opinion but yeah i've been obsessed with it like i watched the whole thing and then didn't watch it for like a week and now i'm like i think i have to restart it (laughs) nice because i miss it and there aren't that many episodes yeah. So I, it, I feel like it was over so fast. I'm very compelled to watch now. Yeah. Now the exciting part. What movie yes. are we watching today? It's the titular movie. It's the titular movie. <laughs> we're watching Cabin in the Woods. Yes, we're watching Cabin in the Woods because a like exactly a year ago from like yesterday or a couple days ago when we were recording this was the release of our very first episode. So for our anniversary, for our one year birthday, we are doing Cabin in the Woods, the titular movie. Yes. So what's your history with the movie? I have not seen it. I do not know anything about it. I know that it's a popular horror movie and I know that it's what our podcast is named after. (laughs) I was fully convinced that you had seen it. This is very exciting news. Yeah. No, I've never seen it. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you about it. Uh, I'm so excited to watch it, too. Can't wait for you to see it. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, it's a outside of this. It's a huge like it's a it's one of the like iconic horror movies. Absolutely. It definitely kicked off like a subgenre. I've only seen this movie once. It's been quite a while. It came out in 2011 and I'm pretty sure I watched it in like that year or maybe a year later and then never again. And I loved it, but I don't remember a lot of the details. So I'm very excited to rewatch. Mm-hmm. I do remember when it came out. Um, I think I was just too young to be wa- like going to horror movies. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have watched it, honestly. It's probably why I am like this now. (laughs) So let's get into the wine. What kind of wine do you have? Because we're doing the titular movie, I got the titular wine. Um, I have a Cabernet. Ah, yes. This is a, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's called Mrs. Q. It's just a classic cab. Nice. Was there any design element or anything that drew you to this specific cab or was it just like I need a cab this one looks good my friend Grace gave it to me for Christmas and she was like I just thought it would be a fun wine for the podcast oh and since it's a cab I was like well that's perfect we'll use it for the one year she got it because this is one of my friends who's very into wine and she like researches wines before she buys them and um this is one that she said has very good reviews online so she thought i would like it so 
yeah, it's mostly just for like it being a cab, just kind of going with a basic cab. Honestly, the label and the name are pretty nondescript, like pretty straightforward. The label's like a solid blue and it just says Mrs. Q. Nice. It, and it says on the front that it has 93 points on the wine enthusiast scale out of 100. Holy shit. That's so many points. So, so many points. So we'll see if it lives up to that. Amazing. I'm not going to read the whole description. I would like to share one section of it. Read it off. They say, Mrs. Q, she's intriguing, bubbly, selfless, and enticing with a soft, quirky laugh echoing across a moonlit room. Like, what is that? Good for Mrs. Q, you know? Good for Mrs. Q. Sounds like a true dame. Yeah, Mrs. Q, it's an Australian wine. Very ready to try this. Nice. What's your wine? Um, My wine, also a Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. It is called Quarter Cut. It is from Aldi. And it was like an Aldi special or like an Aldi pick or something like that. Yeah, so that's what I got. And it is, they're pretty nondescript also. There are like three little barrels on it um, because it's a bourbon barrel aged wine. And since it is aged in these bourbon barrels, the description says the reward is a seamless wine with distinctive notes of vanilla, black cherry, and dried herbs. So that sounds really delicious. It does. And I'm quite excited. This is one of the first times that I didn't pair based on design because a lot of times I'll be like, oh, this like label or design looks like it would fit the movie. But this time I was just like, you know what? I need a cab and I trust Aldi with my entire life. So As you should. I'm going to go ahead and open it up right now and give some first impressions. It is a cork bottle, which I am always annoyed by. Um, I took a wine tasting class in college and our teacher was like, there is nothing that makes a cork better than a screw on. That's true. No reason to have a cork. (laughs) Yeah, thankfully mine does not have a cork today. Not to brag, but I did pour mine early so that it could get aerated. Oh, fancy. I was going to let my wine breathe a little. Nice. Good for you. The last bottle of wine that I had, or the last like corked bottle that I had was a few days ago, and the cork broke uh, into the glass. Oh my God. So I'm That trying... happened to me recently, too. Yeah, but it looks like this one's coming out okay. And take a sip of mine since I already poured mine. Oh, that's good. Okay. Mine is very oaky and it's got like that dark fruit kind of taste. It's good. I like it. Right in the middle of like sweet and dryness. It's like somewhere in the middle of there. Amazing. All right. I just poured my first glass. I do this all on my bed and let me tell you how risky I feel every time. <laughs> I oh my God. Open up like a bottle of red wine (laughs) and then pour it all on my bed. I really am living on the edge. You are. You're in the danger zone. Ooh. Oh, this is really good. The vanilla flavors really come through. It's like a really good amount of sweet. It's sweet and has those like dark fruit notes too. But it's not like 
like a rosé or something like that. Yeah, not like sticky or sickly sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a really good one. I'm I'm thrilled to have this opened. Nice. Me too. I think we, we sounds like we both picked good cabs. Yeah, I hope it goes well with the movie then, too. Me too. So are you ready to watch the movie? I think so. On that note, we'll reconvene after watching Cab- Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods for yep. Cabin in the Woods. Or Cabin in the Woods for Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So what did we think? I just took a big swig of water. Oh, you're oh good. my gosh. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. Isn't it nuts? That is wacky. That is like, <laughs> like I said, I went in this completely blind. Like I had no idea what the plot was mm-hmm. at all. And oh, it was yeah. It's so, so it's far a weird from one. what I was expecting. <laughs> it's, it's almost it was- sci-fi by the end. That's what I thought, too. I had written in, like, my notes. I was like, is this sci-fi? Like, when... A little. And it's um, also, like, apocalyptic. Yeah. When the bird kind of first... Oh, should we give a recap first? I got this. This is a weird one. I was, like, mentally practicing it, and I was like, I don't know how to capture all of it, because there's so many things happening. Um, Yeah. But I'll go with the story that we see, I guess, in the real world first. So um, there's a group of like five friends. They're, I think, college friends. And they get like an RV and they're going to go to someone's cousin's cabin for the weekend. And so they take their RV to this cabin and it's kind of like weird looking um a few of the people are a little creeped out by it at first but you know they settle in pick their rooms have their evening but as the evening goes on things just get weird and very horror movie like as they play truth or dare and stumble upon a diary that makes them believe there's some kind of like evil happening and it summons some zombies that try to kill them all so that's like the basic story, but yeah. And then the zombies do kill most of them. Yes. And they're very typical horror movie, like archetypal characters, which is literally named later in the movie. But you have like the athlete, the virgin, the whore. I'm using their words. This is not me talking about women like this. <laughs> and, um, also, it's fine to be a whore. And the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sex positive on this podcast. Um, then there's Always. the fool, aka the stoner, who is my favorite. Marty. We love my Marty. Boy. Marty's a we good love Marty. Marty's a good guy. And Marty is like kind of a final girl. Marty, my boy. I love him. And Marty, then there's also the uh the academic or like the smart one or whatever. Yes, that's the one I was forgetting. The least important. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. The one that's kind of there just to... It's like an easy explanation for, um, like, smart choices. Yeah, and they round out, like, whoever the smart person is, like, rounds out the number. You know? It would be weird with four. It would be weird with six. Yeah, you gotta have the Fab Five, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Is it the Fab Four? I have no idea. (laughs) How many men are on Queer Eye? (laughs) Oh, uh... I forget. 
I don't want to think about Queer Eye right now. Yeah. It's either four or five. (laughs) But throughout all of this, all of the people, this is major spoilers. You have to go away if you haven't watched the movie. Yeah, we're a spoiler positive, heavy podcast. Yeah, so, so go if you don't know already. Yeah, so either just say everything. fuck it or like go watch the movie. It's streaming on Hulu. Yes, it is. But the whole night, and I think leading up to the night too, they are all, all of these people are being watched through like cameras, and you get to see um, the people who are on the other end of like it's basically like. Uh, it's a simulation. Yeah, it's a simulation. And there's like a whole I was trying to think of like it almost looks like a spy headquarters. Like they're it's like a group of like people that work. This is their job to like yes. set to up clarify, this night and make sure that the yeah. right people die in the right order. Basically, this is like it's it's a simulation in that they're manipulating the actions of all of these people but the people don't really know that they're being manipulated yeah so like for example when they want two characters to have sex so that they can kill them for having sex they release pheromones into the air and they Mm -hmm. like adjust the temperature like they're not living in like the real world and they I think the, the first sign about this that you started to mention earlier is when they're driving their RV right into the, they go through a tunnel in a mountain to get to the cabin. That's essentially them like crossing into the simulation. And you can see like a, it's almost like a force field around it that a bird flies into. So they kind of, they tell you pretty early that mm-hmm. there's something weird going on. But yeah, that force field comes back later. Well, basically, it's all a simulation. And these types of movies, I mean, not to get too Marty-esque, who is the best character in the movie, who I'm sure we'll talk about. But every time I see something like anything like this, anything sci-fi dystopian, that's like, oh, these people are manipulating other people who don't know that they're being manipulated. Every time I watch one of these, I'm like, am I living a simulation? <laughs> yes. Like, Every like, time. Oh, shit. I'm just being controlled by, like, Big Papa right now or whatever. <laughs> big, did you say Big Papa? <laughs> I did, just because I thought it would be better than, like, Big Brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this time it's it's just called The Director, and The Director is Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. So <laughs> Sigourney Weaver showed up. I, I love like, oh, surprise shit. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> it's so good. She's perfect yeah. for this movie too, just because yeah. of her history and sci-fi horror. As um, you know, very similar to her role in Avatar, <laughs> where where she's like, oh my god. It it gives me some of the vibes. I think it's because she's in like a control center area in Avatar. Yeah, it's been too long since I've seen Avatar. Or not too long. I haven't. I, I don't want to see Avatar again, but <laughs> I I vividly remember a lot of it. I just remember the papyrus sketch. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> but yeah, Sigourney but, Weaver shows up and she's, and she is the person, I don't fully understand like what she, like if she's a person or if she's like a god yeah, I didn't. She quite seems to work her, for like the ancient gods that were like that used to rule the earth are all like essentially living under 
the earth. Yeah. And in order to keep them like satisfied and happy, there has to be a sacrifice of all of these people mm-hmm. um, that Jenny mentioned who were like the whore, the athlete, the academic, the fool and the virgin. Mm-hmm. And OK, so one thing that I noticed that's just been on my radar lately because so I watched Soul recently, the mm-hmm. um the Pixar movie. Yes. Very cute. Very good. Um, And then there was this really good New Yorker article of someone like doing a pretty good critique of it. Mm -hmm. And one thing that they brought up in the critique was that the afterlife in Seoul was still presented as very like corporate. Like everyone was still at a like... Spoiler for Soul, if you haven't seen it, but like they go to a seminar and they have all these different directors and they're looking to rebrand and like market. And it was still like it was a very corporate afterlife. Um, And in this uh, critique that they had of the movie, it was like why, you know, that's very Western and that's relying heavily on capitalism and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was a great critique because it was not something that I had thought about that then made me look at this in the same way where I was like, oh, they're trying to please these gods that are going to destroy the world, but they're doing like, they're all in a fucking control room Mm -hmm. and it's all these white collar, like literally white collar, like they, they were all wearing button up shirts with like ties and it was all white guys controlling everything. Mm -hmm. And it was like a very corporate way of trying to, get these quote unquote sacrifices for these gods. Like, I don't know. I was like, man, like, why is that the default? You know, when we're talking about something that could be anything in the world, like this is a movie, this is media, like the creators could have made it anything at all. And it was chosen to be like this, like corporate setting, mm-hmm. which I think was a very specific choice yeah, and an interesting one at that. But it is interesting that that's the default, you know? Definitely. And it's, it's weird in this movie because it's like, they're not, I suppose all of the people in the control room are like humans that are just yeah, like employed right? by the, how do they get that job? Where do yeah, I like, what my is resume? That? And it also feels vaguely like. It's almost a, like, it's a very common, like, explanation in horror movies to be like, oh, it's like the ancient gods that live under the ground. Or it's like, it has, to me, has a similar energy to when they're like, oh, this place is haunted because it's on a Native American burial site. Or, like, I think of, like, As Above, So Below, or, like, The Descent, other movies where people are literally going into the ground, like this one. Mm-hmm. And typically it's like demons or like the devil down there, but very often it's tied to like native and indigenous practices. Yeah. With like no explanation of anything else. They're just like, they just kind of throw it in there of like, oh, it's the ancient gods. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that is because the people both creating the product and consuming the product a lot of times don't look into the actual practices of you know like it's a very easy cop out yeah it's very easy to be like well no one knows 
these types of practices so we can just blame it on them. You know, like another kind of layer to this movie is that these sacrifices, from what I understand, these sacrifices can be made anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And that there are different sectors in this corporate setting for the different countries or like places in the world where these things can happen. Again, I don't know if that makes sense, but like there could be sacrifices in the United States, but there could also be sacrifices in Germany with a Mm -hmm. German headquarter controlling those things or in other countries, basically. And they specifically were picking on Japanese the whole time. So the ritual that we, and they call this thing the ritual. I don't think we've said that yet, but the ritual that we watched was just one of them. Like they, that's why at the end Sigourney was saying, um, like all the other ones failed. So this one has to work. Yeah. And the other rituals from what I understand, what they showed in the movie, the other rituals failed because the people that they were trying to kill mm-hmm. ended up living instead. That's what it looked and, like. Yeah. And like I was saying, they were specifically kind of focusing on Japanese. So like these white, these horrible, like they were very much written to be horrible corporate white guy Mm -hmm. characters. So these horrible corporate white guy characters were just like shitting on how the Japanese were doing their ritual. Mm -hmm. And then it just kept coming back to that. And like, I don't know, just (laughs) the overt racism there was so prominent um, because then like the Japanese ritual ended up not working because the people that they were trying to kill who were children, Mm -hmm. um, like it was a classroom, like a classroom of children. They ended up taking the demons and making them into a happy frog. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) it was very cute. But again, like just the overt racism Mm -hmm. was was much to behold. <laughs> yeah. The corporate guys are written to be like truly awful mm-hmm. and they're like not corrected. I think if you ask the writer and director, they'd be like, that's the point. Yeah. Um, But I don't really want to see that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have, I liked this movie less on this watch. Interesting. Um, I think it's because when I first watched it, I didn't know the ending. Mm. And so it was like, I thought it was like mind blowing. I was like, what, 14 probably. (laughs) But this time I was kind of like, I see the point that they're making. And I I did a tiny bit of research about this, but the, the director and the producer wanted to make this movie to like redefine the slasher genre and call out all the tropes. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say it was like, One of the fun things about this movie is how, like, self-aware it is. Yeah, and that's... I still really like those parts. Watching them... Mm -hmm. I think it's just because also watching it in 2020, I'm kind of, like, it seems tired now. Yeah. But that's not to say that it was when it came out, it wasn't, like, a different level of impactful. Yeah. I would say it also... um, Background has a lot to do with it, to where, Mm -hmm. like... 
you and I are media studies people where we're like, of course, the final girl is the virgin. Mm -hmm. Like I remember before they even said anything, um, I watched it with my roommate who is also like, they're not a media studies person, but they've been around media studies people forever. Mm -hmm. And I just like turned to them and I was like, yeah, no, she's the last one to die because she's the virgin. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) that's the final girl. We got our final girl. Yep. Um, and then they like specifically said that later in the movie. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that like it's a trope. And so like if you're not a media studies person who like is aware of those tropes already, then it's probably more of like a mind blowing like, oh, man, kind of thing. Yeah. I think if I had watched it as like a 16, 17 year old, I would have like lost my mind. I would have been like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that's, that was my reaction the first time I watched it. And I had like, it was at the beginning of my love for horror movies. So I hadn't watched that many, Mm -hmm. but I had watched some classic slashers. So I was like, oh my God, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) I, I never, I would never want to like take away the wonder of watching it from someone but like again like as especially like having a horror podcast mm-hmm. I'm like yeah these are all tropes you know <laughs> yeah and I'm I feel like it's done very like obviously mm-hmm. and I I think even just people who watch a lot of movies or just like horror would would definitely like pick up on that pretty quickly especially just because the char- the characters and the like archetypes are so over the top i will say i like i had a fun time watching it like it was a oh, fun yeah. movie it's I, fun it's um, definitely a, yeah. like a horror comedy yeah it's self-aware i would say so too speaking of horror comedy and self-aware and fun um marty was the best <laughs> oh my god marty is literally like shaggy from scooby-doo i was just thinking that <laughs> Like looks just like him and is immediately he literally rolls into the first time we meet him. He rolls into the scene driving while smoking out of this like crazy bong made out of a travel coffee cup. (laughs) And that's just his introduction. Yeah. And at one point he's he's like the stoner guy. And at one point he says that he's in a womb of reefer. (laughs) And I can't stop thinking about that. It's it's so good. (laughs) I also love that there's one point I think it's it's right before things start to go really crazy where Marty is telling like his friends that they're being watched and that they're puppets which is just like a high thing to say yeah there was a part (laughs) of me that like i kept saying i was like oh my god marty's gonna be the first to die because he knows too much yeah i thought they were gonna try to kill him and they did but he survived yeah which is a plot twist because you think he dies and then they're like oh but actually yeah they i think they say it towards the end one of the like people in the control room says that Marty, because of his smoking, was immune to all of the things they tried to. <laughs> what is his womb of reefer saved him? Pretty much. I love um, how they were like, okay, yeah. it's just the final girl left, but just wait, the stoner yeah, lived. We we had a big laugh about that because my roommate is 
uh, quite the Marty. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, I really like him. There's not like, I don't like the other characters too much, but I don't think that's really what the movie's about. Yeah. Oh, shit. He was in The Village, too. The M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, I didn't watch that one. Is it good? It's good. Should it's I an M. Night it? Shyamalan movie. <laughs> like, it's good. There's there's a twist. You're like, oh, shit. Um, oh, yeah. The rest of the characters weren't really likable. But before the whole, like, simulation thing came into play, I was prepared to not be emotionally invested in any of the characters. Oh, yeah. Like, I was prepared to be like, okay, whatever, they're all going to die. Like, I went into this thinking it was a predominant or, like, a typical kind of slasher horror movie. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, a lot of these characters are going to die. I shouldn't get attached to any of them. Yeah. So, like, I wasn't attached to any character throughout any part of them well actually that's a lie i just talked about how much i liked marty (laughs) um but they're not trying to make me like these characters i don't think i don't think that's their chris hemsworth was in it yeah chris there is a hollywood chris and he's he's obviously the jock and he dies in the most hollywood chris way of being like (laughs) i am stronger than the simulation let me just ride my motorcycle off of a giant fucking cliff because <laughs> that seems safe going out going out like a true hollywood chris <laughs> he, he falls down the like when he hits the simulate like the wall of the what's well, the force field kind of thing stops him and he falls down he falls for so long <laughs> Speaking of another character moment I loved, one of the lead guys in the simulation office (laughs) really wanted it to be a merman. Yes. And everyone was like, you don't want it to be a merman. Like, it shouldn't be a merman. And towards the end, he ends up getting killed by a merman. And I would like to say that that is not what a fucking merman looks like. What we got to see was like a walrus. Like, it was so And it, like, shot water out of its, like, humpback while it was... Not water, it was blood. Shot blood out of the humpback as it was eating this guy. Have you seen Tusk? No. Okay, it is a movie um, where a man is made into a walrus. (laughs) But the creepy, like, fleshy walrus thing in Tusk looks like a flesh-colored version of this, like, crazy, like merman thing good to know but, uh, yeah. like you know what i have seen a shape of water also speaking of the weird monsters i my favorite one is the unicorn oh my god the <laughs> repeated stabbing of the unicorn the honestly one of the fun things that made this so self-aware was like when all of the different killing agents come out oh there was also a shining reference big shining reference yes um with the blood in the elevators oh yeah so for the uh for the merman thing Mm. that man we were just waiting for the merman moment because it was like a Chekhov's gun kind of thing yes because they kept referencing it they were he was like still wish it was a merman like i really wanted it to be a merman yes. and i'm like we've like they they keep bringing it up they we've really planted see that it merman. 
that's not what I would have pictured a merman to be like, but it really made sense in the movie because everyone was like, no, you don't want it to be a merman. Like, trust me. (laughs) And then this like weird looking, not hot merman (laughs) comes and I'm like, okay, they, they did it. And there were, there were so many monster options. Mm -hmm. It's wild because they, it seems like the people in the cabin choose the monster based on like what object they pick up in the basement. I wonder what the merman item was. Yeah. Oh, it was the conch. Because oh, right. Because he picked it up. Uh, the the moment for me was when, because there was like really, really intense music. They were playing Truth or Dare. Mm-hmm. And when um, the one, like the quote unquote horror character goes and like makes out with a wolf bust or like a wolf um, taxidermy head taxidermied head yeah. yeah this really intense music is playing in the background and i was so sure that mm-hmm. that wolf was about to like maul her face right. while she was kissing it <laughs> that is they really build up for that one they built up a lot like one thing that i had written down in my notes is i was like i kept expecting a jump scare and it never came oh yeah they keep it's just got the tone of like general horror movie to like times 10. I didn't like that. <laughs> I think it's a really like what was interesting is kind of thinking about older horror movies and being like, huh, you know, I wonder if in that moment when Sigourney Weaver was telling them you know, these are the people who are sacrificed. I wonder if those characters were thinking like, oh, that's what horror movies are like. Like, that's why horror movies or that's why these plots of horror movies exist, because every time they're doing that, it's just a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Kind of a callback to like, oh, this is how everything is. Yeah. I don't know. But I also thought it was cute at the end when <laughs> uh, it was like... The virgin character and the fool character, Marty, and they had just basically destroyed the world. And they're just like talking and hanging out. And the virgin's like, Sorry, I almost shot you. And then he just lights up a blunt and then, you know, or a joint, and then they just go on with their merry way. <laughs> Yeah. And my favorite, the way that that movie ends with the like molten lava hand punch thing is, (laughs) is so silly, but I kind of love it. I think it's funny. Yeah, I think so too. I thought like, again, it feels like one of those cop out things where it's just like, well, you know, ancient ritual, like they don't know what we're talking about. So we'll just make it a giant hand. It's it's so this is just there. If you don't get all five killed or at least four killed, the world's over. It's just over. Yeah. <laughs> For no apparent reason other than like boredom, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. They never like or they like never devotion to that. the gods. It's very strange. They don't explain it. Yeah, and again, like I mean, what's just so weird about it is that it they made it into this like corporate function of this is how like we we have to use this process to get these sacrifices, and it's like 
how many hundreds of thousands of years have these gods existed mm-hmm. and how many sacrifices have had to be made. And then if you think about like the timeline of, you know, like capitalism or these giant, you know, corporate rooms where they're manipulating all this stuff, like that could have only happened within the last, I don't know, maybe less than hundred years. Mm-hmm. And these gods have been around for like eternity. So why is it all reliant on this like corporate method of getting these sacrifices? I don't know. I don't know. I just hate capitalism basically. <laughs> Me too. And I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if we're supposed to believe that this is just how the corporate office is now, or if it's like always been this way. Yeah, I'm wondering what previous, like, what did these sacrifices look like 300 years ago when none of this stuff existed? Was it like, yeah, was it more hands on? Yeah, like like what? I don't know. Did they always have a cool force field that they could just control everything? Or did they actually have to do any like sacrificing? Or they always just have a monster library ready? (laughs) They definitely don't give us much backstory um how was your wine Ooh, my wine was delicious it was very good it was very tasty and i just i really liked it um and i think it paired really well with the movie it was so depending on who you are and kind of how you wanted to approach it it could be uh good or bad but i thought it was sweet in a way that comforted me through some of the scarier moments, if that makes sense. Yeah. So there were a lot of times, like there were some brutal stabbings yeah. and there was like some, there was some gore going on in this one. Mm-hmm. And when like, honestly, I took like sips of the wine when there was gore. Love and that. it kind of took my mind off of what was going on in the scene. And, um, like, again, that could be a good or, or bad thing. I think, like, if I was coming at it from a different angle, mm. I would say, like, it was a little too sweet and I would have rather it been more dry so that it fit with the more horror theme. But I thought it paired really well. It was, like, a good balance of sweet and kind of dry. And, like, I just really enjoyed it. So, again, a super high rating for this titular movie for our titular Mm. episode i'm going with like a 4.5 out of 5 whoa yeah clink 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 yes nice mine was also good i think um i wouldn't give mine a 4.5 i think mine's a four out of five i think nice the wine was good i enjoyed it is a like a very solid cabernet my only like reason for not giving it a higher rating is because the like the name and the appearance has nothing to do with the movie. It felt very oaky and woodsy, which was very relevant to the movie. Yeah. Given the woods, as the title implies. So yeah, four out of five, which is like a very solid pairing. Overall good wine, fun movie. Again, not what I expected, and I'm glad that it wasn't what I expected. 
I think it's your choice next month. It is. And I have made my choice. We are going to watch Jordan Peele's Us. Ooh, okay. Amazing. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Follow us on the social medias. There's links. uh, I wanted to, I almost said in our bio. Um, There are links in our bio, but our social media is linked in the description of the podcast. Um, And we'll talk to you next month. Yeah, talk to you next month. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.